0: Okay, so you love the game, you're willing to put work in, and you have set high goals for yourself. Now what? What's the process? What's the right way to approach your year, from offseason to postseason, that will help you maximize your ability? We all want an elite skill set, but what's an elite mentality? I'm Matt Espinoza, and welcome to the Players Podcast. On this episode of the Players Podcast, we talk about preparing to excel in your season, with Ashley Correll. Ashley is a coach and skills trainer based in Vancouver, Washington. Her resume is full of reasons that demonstrate her knowledge about preparing for the game. Although she was never viewed as the best athlete on the court, Ashley's work ethic got her voted to become a McDonald's All-American, where she happened to win the three-point contest. She was an all-Pac-12 player at USC and went on to play professionally in Argentina, China, and the WNBA. She has since become one of the premier skills trainers in the Northwest, guiding the talent of men and women from youth levels all the way up to the professionals. She drops some serious knowledge about approaching basketball from a mental and emotional aspect, in addition to the physical work that players need to become elite. You train players of all ages, many different levels, both men, both women. What are some of the common skills that every player needs but is possibly overlooking? We all know we got to get shots up, got to be able to handle the ball. But what are some of the things that only those who are able to get to elite levels really end up developing?
1: I first and foremost, listening is a skill and I think a lot of players lack that skill. Even me growing up, I would get yelled at or I'd get told I do something wrong and it was I wouldn't really hear the message. And so learning how to Take what a coach, a trainer, um, just an adult, somebody who's done it before, is saying. It's not how they're saying it, but it's what they're actually saying. Listening is—it's a skill, and you have to practice it. And a lot of kids these days, they hear how somebody says it, or they hear the negativity behind it, or something. It's in one ear and out the other, instead of really understanding why something is being said to them, or. I, I just, I see so many kids these days who don't really understand the message. And mm. how, do I get, how do I get better at this? How do I get better at that? Well, your coach has told you 14 times how mm-hmm. to get better at it, you're just not listening. So listening is like my number one thing. I just don't think people know how to listen and take those things in.
0: Well, and that's huge. I think we spend so much time working on physical skills that we neglect the other skills that we need, yeah. whether it's listening. Yeah. or anything of that nature. So that is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that how you said that.
1: My second one would just being a good teammate. I, Gino Oriyama came out with such a big uh, – he had like two interviews this past year in, mm-hmm. in playoffs, and he just talked about being a good teammate. You know, And it really does go without being – I remember to this day, Al used to – before we went out and traveled every summer, he would say, coaches are watching you every single second mm-hmm. you're on the court or off the court even if we are walking from the gym to our van coaches are watching you and i always didn't really believe what he was saying you don't think coaches are watching you all the yeah. time and my college coaches would say you know yeah i mean we watched how you were on the bench mm-hmm. we watched how you reacted when you got pulled out we watched how you reacted when your teammate did something wrong or you made a you made a really good pass and they missed it how did you react and thank god i had a coach that i listened to that told me you know you're a point guard if you make a really good pass and your post player misses it that's your fault yeah because you have to make passes that they can catch or you know it's your responsibility to do that and I just it's hard to play at the next level or you know move on when you're not a good teammate you have to be just as happy for other people's successes almost more so than your own Mm -hmm. and you can't be a player that coaches worry about you know I had i had teammates or even friends in college who would say yeah my coaches have to check on me every single day to make sure i'm in class because sometimes i won't go and i was like that sounds terrible like (laughs) that sounds like an awful job you know i don't want i don't want to have kids that i have to worry about and thank god i work at a school where we don't have to worry about Mm -hmm. our kid we don't if we don't do room checks one night it's i'm not nervous that my kids are out doing stuff they shouldn't be doing Mm -hmm. which is something that i can tell college coaches this is a kid you're not gonna have to worry about College coaches have enough stuff going on in their lives. The last thing they want to do is worry about is are my kids doing what they're just supposed to be doing, being good people. It's not that hard, but mm-hmm. it's something that has to be practiced. I was
0: talking with my friend Jordan Carter, and we were talking about players who maybe aren't at that elite level, but still trying to get to college. Mm-hmm. And we brought up that point too that somebody's always watching. All the time. And you never know, you know, if you're trying to play at a certain college, you never know who that head coach knows. They might call a coach you played against once. Oh, yeah. And if your character was not good or if you were not a good teammate, they're going to mention that to, the, to the coach that might be looking at you to play. That's, and it could kill your shot.
1: That's how we get some of our players at Will it even. You mm-hmm. know, Peg has been a coach at a D1, a couple D1 schools. And so they'll call, hey, you know, we have this kid. She's probably not our level, but she would be really, really good at your level. And that's how sometimes we get our kids is we won't we'll think the kid is too good for our program Mm -hmm. or maybe she's shooting a little bit higher and so we'll kind of lay off of them and then we'll find out that maybe they do want to go to a d3 school but if we're recruiting somebody and we hear that they're just a bad person that's not that's not the staff that we are we don't want that nobody wants Um, that yeah and i'm same thing happens in high school transfers happen all the time and Kids, oh, I, we're moving into your district. That's the last thing we want to hear. If it's a bad kid, mm-hmm. you know, it takes one player to ruin a team. And yep. It, you know, so that's it's absolutely the it's crucial to be a good it just be a good person. As easy as it sounds, a lot of people struggle with it.
0: Most players have the dream of going D one. Some, when they get there, maybe they have a shot at getting to the professional ranks. But in the players that you've seen reach the level they have a goal for, what are some of the intangibles they have? That maybe the players who have the ability to do so don't, and they're not able to reach that level, they might be lacking.
1: You know, I have always not been the most athletic. I've never had the look, as they call it. You know, I'm not. I'm not six two. I'm not super ripped. I'm not. You know, I don't look necessarily like a great athlete. But I always had really smart work ethic. Um, when I started working out really, really hard. I was only in the gym probably 90 minutes a day, and then in the weight room for about an hour, two hours at the most. But I was working really smart. Mm -hmm. Um, I see so many kids today bragging about how they're in the gym for six or seven hours, and I almost feel bad for those kids because it means that they're not doing other things Mm -hmm. that they might enjoy in life. Um, You don't have to be in the gym for so long, you know, And even in college, yeah, you have to get extra shots up. Yeah, you have to watch more film. Yeah, you might have to, you know, do a little bit more than the average person if you're playing at D1. But at the same time, I think basketball is enjoyable when you enjoy other parts of your life as well. So just having a smart work ethic and not, you know, I'm a gym rat. We'll be a smart gym rat. You don't need to be in the gym for six hours a day. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to life than basketball. So... Being a smart gym rat helps. Um, we talked about attitude and character a little bit. That, that helps for sure. College coaches don't wanna worry about what you're doing when they're not watching you all the time. Um, and just actually liking basketball. Like I think a lot of kids want the persona, they have that persona of I love basketball, ball is life. Mm-hmm. Everybody always says that. I don't know that I even know that many people that actually really, really like basketball. And I always know this because they don't just watch it. Mm-hmm. Like they won't just go to tournaments and watch people play. They won't sit down and watch NBA summer league games, or you know, they don't. They don't know what's going on in current basketball events, or you know, who's well, who, uh, they'll, we'll, say, well you know, how did you see uh, Kyle Kuzma play last night? Well, who's that? Who does he play for? I'm like, well, you probably don't really love basketball then, because like he's actually doing pretty well, or you know. So it, if you don't love basketball, you don't know every single aspect of it, and some of my best teammates I've ever had were always up to date on everything that was going on, whether it was in our conference, out of our conference, kids coming into SC, kids we might be looking at. We were always so involved in what we were doing and we just actually really loved basketball. It wasn't a drag. Yeah, some days you don't wanna go to the gym, it happens. Some days you don't wanna go to work, same thing. But you always enjoy what you're doing and it's never a hassle and your mom never has to drag you to go shoot it's hey mom can we go shoot today so I think actually enjoying the game is a big separator that kids don't necessarily understand the difference of
0: and it's crazy the accessibility now that there is for certain things and when I was a kid even all the way through high school and college I was pretty much one-dimensional I wanted to play basketball watch basketball and I would kill for the chance to watch a summer league game on tv but I didn't know if they would ever be on and sometimes one would randomly pop up or yeah. you know just the chance to watch old games now you yeah. hop on youtube and there's you know you can find almost any game you want to find oh it's cr- and, and watch and it's just nuts the accessibility and you're right if somebody really loves a game they're going to take advantage of that
1: oh yeah i mean kids sit on their phones all day I, we fall victim to it like mm-hmm. what we're doing right now is for social media you know what i mean yeah. like it's such a big thing but in my opinion, it's damaging our society more than it's helping because we don't use it in the ways that mm-hmm. necessarily can benefit us instead of instead of getting on your phone in the morning and scrolling Instagram for three and a half hours and getting fifteen pages deep. You know, look something up. Like look up players that you wanna maybe play like or, you know, I always tell my clients, Hey, you know, maybe you should watch Courtney VanderSloot. she's an amazing point guard, she's a pass-first point guard, but she knows how to create for herself as well. Youtuber, and we'll come back the next day. So mm-hmm. did you see anything that you... Oh, well, you know, I got busy. Well, I know you sat on your phone for two hours probably last night. So it's, it's just that desire to want to be a better basketball player that there's a fine line, and I just think kids don't necessarily understand it yet.
0: How should young athletes prepare for a season? So from the time school starts in September until the first practice in November, what should that athlete be doing mentally physically emotionally to get ready for the season
1: yeah season is um whether it's high school or college college is obviously longer but it's a grind and you have to you have to be mentally ready emotionally ready physically ready and I think a lot of players will jump on well I've been lifting all summer or I've been in the gym all summer but they're not necessarily being smart about it um I certainly wasn't as smart about it in college as I should have been. Um, There's been a lot of advances since then and a lot of different training methods and whatnot. But, you know, a lot of problems players have is just body health. They don't work on things that maybe were hindering them in the season before, and they might not know how, and they're nervous to ask, or they just don't want to ask anybody. You know, if you're having Achilles pain, well, how do I solve that before my next season happens? you're not gonna solve it by being in the gym for six hours. You have to take Mm -hmm. care of those issues so that when November hits, we're not struggling with them. Um, You know, a lot of people wanna get in the weight room and get bigger. Well, you know, one of my mentors, Henry Barrera, he used to, when I was working with him when I was in the WNBA, he'd always say, you know, to maximize our power, we have to master movement. And I never really understood what he was saying until I started feeling better about how my body worked. So we're all trying to be athletes, but we don't work on how to move like an athlete. Um, and only a few trainers, even in this area, I've noticed work on that kind of stuff. And it's not fun. It's not fun to work on your mobility or your stability because it's not sexy, as they say. But to me, being on the court or on the playing field is better than not because you didn't mm-hmm. work on those things. So that's that's a big one. Um, nutrition, I think. Think we struggle with nutrition just as a culture. Um, nutrition is huge. It's your machine. How are you fueling it? If you're fueling it poorly, you're probably not gonna, you know, perform as well as you should. Um, emotionally is a tough one because I think there is so much that goes into this, and kids put so much pressure on themselves, and maybe parents add a lot of that pressure as well. But keeping your head on and you know keeping a level head in mind it's hard it's difficult and you have to be confident without being cocky you have to you just have there's you know there's all these books out right now about having a positive mindset and you know using your brain to um to your benefit and kids just have to put themselves in those situations to learn from them and I think that kids like to be comfortable and that's not necessarily the best way to expand your mind. And, you know, if you've never been in turmoil in any situation, you're not going to know how to react to it when you get in it in a basketball game. So you have to put yourself in uncomfortable situations more often than not just so that you know how to deal with it when it happens. Even to little things as basketball, kids won't want to get trapped and oppressed because they Mm freak out and they don't know how to deal with it. Well, that's going to happen. Everybody presses. It's, it's bound to happen. Yeah. So putting yourself in that uncomfortable situation so that when it happens again, it's easy. And, you know, emotionally, you just always have to remember why you're playing basketball. It's not, it's not always about, well, I'm playing basketball to get to college. No, why are, do you actually like basketball? Mm-hmm. And so I always had to remind myself that in college is, why am I even here? Like, you know, you have a bad shooting game or shooting games You hit a slump, your team's not winning, you know, all these things are piling up. And it's, why am I here? What am I doing this for? Like, why are we here? And it's, well, we love basketball. Okay, let's get Mm -hmm. back to that. So you have to look at things in their simplest form.
0: You talked about mastering movement. And I know I've seen your sister on the new athlete page doing some functional range conditioning. Mm -hmm. And if you're an athlete out there serious about your game, I highly recommend you find a functional range conditioning practitioner. If you're in Salem, you can contact me and we can link up and do some stuff. But it's by far the greatest way to improve your body's efficiency to move, to prevent injury, and improve performance. Like you said, basketball season's a grind. It takes a toll on the body. You got three to four days of two-hour practices, two games in a week. (coughs) What are some recommendations you have for players as far as in-season training?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because I think in season and out of season in some ways are the same. You know, a lot of people will shy away from the weight room or will shy away from their um, functional range conditioning stuff. And they think, well, I only have to work on it out of season because I'm getting ready for mm-hmm. season, which is not true. Um, uh, at Prairie, we lift from September through state. Um, And no, we're not trying to build strength. We're not trying to maybe increase anything, but we're trying to maintain. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if you all of a sudden, you know, peak up a hill and then you just stop doing something, you're obviously, you're going to start going down or you're going to plateau. And we want to maintain, we want to keep our strength, we want to keep our mobility, we want to keep our stability. Mobility and stability are things that we work on no matter what. If we, if we're, we lift usually every uh, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and if we have a game on one of those days, we will do body weight and mobility work. So we're still doing something, and I think that scares a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I learned about that in college. We would go play Stanford, and I just remember walking out, and they were in the weight room lifting right after our game. And I would ask, you know, I'd go ask Nneka, Gumake, why are you, you guys are lifting after a game? Like, that's crazy. She was like, no, this is our lift day. So this is when we're supposed to lift. It is what it is. We don't really complain about it. It's just what we do. And it kind of changed my mindset on that whole thing, that whole situation. Your body will do what you tell it to do, and it will get used to things. Mm -hmm. So people who get nervous about lifting on game days or the day before a game, yes, if you have a trainer or, you know, you're maxing out on your game day, yeah, that's probably not the best way to go about it. But there are things you can do. Tons of NBA players lift on game days because it gets, they think it gets their body ready to play. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... It's really important to not shy away from those things that you've been doing all preseason or postseason because that's what your body's used to. So if you all of a sudden stop working on your hip mobility or working on your shoulder mobility, yeah, those areas are probably going to tighten up and you could lead to injury a little bit. So you know, staying in the weight room and not shying away from it's huge. um, I'm huge on nutrition right now. I just feel... Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't the best when I was younger. It wasn't... None of us were. Fast food was huge when we were going... I, I ate at McDonald's all the time. That's what we lived on. That's <laughs> we down all the street I, from my that, house. Yeah, that's all I knew it was fast food. You know, we don't have time to do anything else. And now it's, you know, eating out in a different sense. They're going to restaurants. or are doing this. you are doing that. You know, kids aren't understanding little things. And I know with Prairie in the fall, we're going to start um, with a local... She's in dietetic school right now and she's going to come in and just give our kids just little kids and parents just give give them little little hints little bites of things and you know instead of using canola oil let's use extra virgin olive oil like those little differences people mm-hmm. don't understand they can make a huge difference in how you feel i went through college and i would always have a serious migraine after all my games why because i probably wasn't eating a good pregame meal like slamming a big bowl of fruit and like a nice greasy omelet probably wasn't good like for me like that is not what I should have eaten and so kids just have to figure out what feels good for them how to use food as a tool that's what it is and so nutrition is so big kids will just get tired and they'll go to Taco Bell after practice and I'm like that's the worst thing you can do because you're just putting crap in your body and you already don't feel well you know you have to help your body get through this really really rough grind of a time That's my main thing right
0: now. You've already given players so much to think about and so many great tips for improvement. Last thing I want to talk about is after the season. Season gets done. What can a basketball player do? What should a basketball player do to make sure that their next season is a step above their last season?
1: First and foremost, take time off. Like so many kids will grind from, you know, even September – for preseason work all the way through March, and then they're in the gym the next week. Mm-hmm. And you have to take time off. You know, it, there's so much more to life than just basketball. And that's something I'm a huge advocate for. People always say, We always see you're having such a good time. Well, yeah, it's life. Like <laughs> basketball is not life to me. There's so many other things, there's so much other stuff going on in this world. You can't be in a gym all of the time, you know, and go hang out with your friends, go swim, like go do something different. Um, and when you actually decide to get back in the gym be smart about it you know the warriors include that had the longest season this year and we see videos of lebron james in the weight room the next day he's probably not maxing out on his bench and his back squats the next day he's probably doing some mobility work Mm -hmm. some stability work some core work just to keep his body maintained
0: and he's not on the court abusing his joints
1: no he's just being smart Mm -hmm. so Kids have to find a difference. And it starts with us. I mean, trying to change a generation, you know, generational thinking. It starts with us teaching our kids how to be smarter in the mm-hmm. offseason, how to take care of their bodies and what different avenues they can take. But there's so many tools out there now to help kids recover and maintain their strengths that they have to understand after season, your body's probably at its lowest point. Sometimes you're you're drained emotionally, you're drained physically, your body needs a break. But that doesn't mean necessarily going and leaving the sport for three months. It means maybe not going in the gym for a while, but still working on, yeah, your functional range conditioning stuff. That You should do that every day before when you wake up. Mm-hmm. I do five or six exercises every day before I wake up and I've never felt better. So the little things that we have nowadays, that helps people, but you don't have to be in the gym six hours the day after you lose in your playoff game. You, just be smart. Basketball in life is a marathon. There's no point in trying to get in all this, you know, all this skill work and all, you know, being in the weight room right after. Relax. Like a lot of these, you're a kid, you're a young adult. There's so, you know, my youngest sister, Heather and I never really, we were always doing something involving basketball. And, you know, we tell her all the time, just go have fun. Like, if you want to be in the gym, let us know. And she always seems to contact <laughs> us and get back in the gym, but it's on her terms. And that just goes back to liking basketball and liking being an athlete. Yeah. You either like it and you're going to get back in the gym or you don't. So, yeah, I just enjoy life. There's way more to life than just sitting in a gym all day and, you know, not necessarily working smart.
0: It's time for the three-point play. Three questions putting our guests on the spot. Here we go. What's one book all athletes should read?
1: The Champion's Mind by Jim Afromow.
0: What's the first thing an athlete should do when they wake up in the morning?
1: drink a glass of water
0: what's the last thing an athletes should do before they go to bed at night
1: take a shower and stretch
0: and drink drink a glass of water
1: always i mean it helps a lot
0: so what can you take away from this conversation how can you approach the game differently and in what ways will this enhance your player development how can you train smarter develop as a teammate and improve your listening skills the Players Podcast is presented by the Salem Hoops Project. The Salem Hoops Project provides free basketball training to youth in Northeast Salem, Oregon. For more information, visit SalemHoopsProject.org or visit at Salem Hoops Project on Instagram.